Hey guys, this is Sports Entertainment Spectator with Keegan Dimitrik and Sammy Claffin. Today we're going to do our uh, part one review of WrestleMania. So, um, yeah, I mean, part one of WrestleMania happened yesterday and, uh, well, it was different. I mean, for good and bad. And, uh, you know, I, I will admit that the first half of this show really started to remind me of December to Dismember. It was getting to the point of that bad to me and uh yeah it is what it is and then eventually kind of bounce back at the end but uh hey what were your thoughts on the uh on the event as a whole i thought the first half of the show was um i thought the first half of the show was terrible first of all up until the ladder match and then it kind of got better towards the end mm-hmm. i mean the barnyard match is fantastic but um this was well yeah, like you said, the first half of the show was actually, if the ladder match was bad, then I'm like, man, this is fastly approaching, like, December to December in 2006. But, um, ladder match wasn't bad, but the finish sucked. And then we had, um, well, actually, yeah, um, yeah, go ahead. So, yeah, I was thinking of, of starting, like, of starting with the first match. I don't really want to go, like, too deep into the first half of the show because I don't want it to be all negative and kind of, you know, I don't, I don't really want to go crazy about it. But we can go through, like, like the first five matches on the main show and just kind of briefly dissect them. So we can start off with Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross winning the women's tag titles against the Kabuki Warriors. I and, was never... Yeah. I, I was never a fan of those titles and I and I'll never ever be a fan of them because you know first of all when they were announced I'm like this is not gonna work and they just aren't working to this day and like man I mean I don't know what the point of that was but anyway this match was horrible I gave it a dud because literally nothing worked in this match there was there were like there are a few moves that were good but like Man, just like everybody sucked in this match. I just I mean, thought it went too long, man. They went way too long. And I gave it a dud too. That's my personal star rating. Cause like, man, everybody it, in this match was like, I mean, man, nobody knew what was going on. It was like, like, are you just are you gonna wrestle or are you just gonna act like like six-year-old girls or something that's the what that's what the whole beginning beginning of the match was i thought this match was really methodically boring like i think technical like from a technical standpoint they didn't really like botch anything per se but i just thought i don't know man i just thought that this match itself was just it, it was really really long and boring like and it went 15 minutes but i mean it felt like it was 30 like it, it went long for me and um it it should have ended around the 10 minute mark to me you know especially because i will tell you right now this match got more time than becky lynch and Shayna baszler and it got more time than daniel bryan and Sami Zayn, and it was also two minutes less than owens and rollins so that that so that's got to tell you something but i don't know this match to me was just really boring i mean it and it just didn't click. I don't think any of the performers clicked that great. Um, I'm rating this match off of a WWE standard. I guess for a WWE standard, it's like to me, it's a two and a quarter match on a WWE standard. But if we're putting this on like a takeover, or we're putting this on an AEW pay per view, it's to me, it's a dud. 
to be honest with you. But for WWE standards, I'd give it a two and a quarter. But it's, you know, see, they didn't, like, mess anything up. See, for me to give a dud, it's like they have to, like, botch everything and have no, like, have nothing, no substance to it. So, WWE standard two and a quarter everywhere else, dud. That's the way I'm going to rate that one. Um, and then we have, um, what, what was after this? Elias um, and Corbin. Oh, yeah, Elias and Corbin. Yeah. Um, let me get into this. Um, the build-up to this match was better than the actual match itself. Mm-hmm. Um. This wasn't even a match, bro. This was, like, this was, like, a standard 2020 SmackDown match. This is what this was. And, yeah, from that point on, even even the women's tag match, you felt like I was watching an episode of SmackDown. That's mm-hmm. the worst show on television, by the way. But um, this match was like, um, I thought it was better than the last one, but slightly, slightly. And I give it two stars as my personal rating because, I mean, well, the match itself was like, it was boring, first of all. It was... And Elias did not sell that beating for nothing. No, he didn't. So, and that's a big problem in today's wrestling is the lack of selling and the lack of psychology. So, But that's just my opinion. But the, this match, to me, here's what I cannot understand, and you will probably agree with me with this. Corbin is in a, a match against Elias at WrestleMania 36. And last year, Corbin retired Kurt Angle, which I do not understand. I don't understand that either. Because, like, there, there could have been a better opponent for Kurt Angle last year, but Baron Corbin, come on. Well, and now Corbin's in a match against Elias, who Elias hasn't really ever been pushed past, like, a mid-card position. So, I I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't know. That kind of irks me a little bit. But I gave this match one and three quarters. Um, Not that they did anything wrong. It was just, like you said, it was dreadfully boring. And... That that happens, and this isn't a knock against Corbin because I think Corbin's heel work is is good, but Corbin's matches I just find them so boring. Like all of them are boring. Like I I don't know, like it's like it's like to me he doesn't try. Like you know what I mean. Like I I don't I don't even know or if he's trying too hard to just be a boring heel. I don't know what it is, but man, like I I don't know man. Has Corbin ever had a good singles match? I don't think so. I, I don't think he's ever had a good match. So, I, like, that's the... Like, I don't know. Elias is okay when you put him with the right guy, but, like, I don't know. This match was a was a standard SmackDown match. This was, like, a kickoff show match at its highest yeah. complement. So, the, you know, I don't know. It's a one and three-quarter match to me. So, up next, we have Becky Lynch and Shayna Baszler for the Raw Women's title. Um, My God, what yeah. a terrible finish this was. <laughs> I did not expect Becky Lynch to win this match. I don't think anybody did. I thought, uh, actually, I thought about um, fucking one zero 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 percent chance that Shayna Baszler was going to win this match. Yeah, well, there was a 0.1 chance that Becky Lynch was going to win, and she did. So, There's always that one possibility that the other person's going to win. It's like friggin' Buster Douglas and Mike Tyson in the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> so yeah, so they had this match. And they and yes, yeah. and yes, that fight did happen in the Tokyo Dome. That's a fun fact if you didn't know that. 
So yeah, so this match happens, and um, they're they're trying to put on this this kind of technically sound uh, arm hold kind of match. And you know what? For this feud, I thought it was going to be more of a brawl kind of match. Like, I thought it was going to be way more of a brawl, but this was more of a technically sound match. And Shayna did have a couple cool uh, a couple cool scenarios here. Like, I thought the uh, gut wrench into the armbar was pretty cool. I thought that was a cool spot. And I thought her wheeling Becky Lynch's face into the, uh, into the uh, commentator's table was cool. But, I don't know. Again, a match with no substance. Like, and it, it, a match with no real spark. And I thought this match was going to have a lot of spark j- just based off the buildup. And, uh, yeah, this match was exactly what I thought it wasn't going to be. And uh, Shayna Baszler locks in the Kirifuda clutch. And that is reversed into a roll-up for 3 at 8.30. And, yeah, I mean, I was deflated off this match. I was like, that's you know, it? You had all that credibility to... Well, you just... You have all that time. Shayna Baszler is fully built up starting from... Elimination Chamber, where she beats every other person. She she eliminated everybody, and she is a credible challenger to challenge Becky Lynch. But then, she loses to a weak-ass roll-up, and she lost all of that credibility in one night. She just didn't look like a monster in this match. You know, like, they built her in the chamber like she was unbeatable in terms of like no like like you said earlier you would have booked the match and personally that's how i would have booked it too is that it was a john cena versus brock lesnar SummerSlam type match where Shayna dominates becky lunch until the very end and then she takes the title and it's physical probably the aftermath i would have becky lynch go away for until well she goes away for the rest of the year let's put it that way yeah well so this rain's gonna probably continue for the rest of the year yeah, because, like, she goes away for the rest of the year, and then Shayna has a run with the championship, which will probably be much worse than Becky's title run when it happens. But anyway, Becky Lynch needs that dessert time off. And if and if the stands disagree with that, they can fuck off because they don't know anything about wrestling. But, um, yeah, that, that that's how I would have done it. Uh, it's just... See, the match wasn't bad itself, but I just thought that that, that, that ending was really deflating, and... Uh, you know, I think that I think yeah. I think they chose the wrong winner. Like I think yeah. this, you know, you know, because like we said earlier, before this started, they brought in Shane at the Rumble at number thirty, had her decimate about seven eight people, and then just easily get thrown out by Charlotte, which I did not get. And but then when, but, but then when they brought her to Raw to take out Becky Lynch, I was like, okay, this is really gonna work, and then it didn't. And I don't get it. Like, even if Shayna Baszler beats beats Becky Lynch in a rematch, whenever that is, it really should have happened here. And this reign's gonna continue. And I, before you guys say that I'm fickle because I went for Becky Lynch last year at WrestleMania 35, that's not the case. I was I I, I I I was never on that train. I was never on the Becky Lynch train. So don't say that. I think ever since she won the title. She has not had one good feud. The Sasha Banks feud was decent, but other than that. Like, well, what's memorable? You know what? I, I'm going to say this right now, and I'm sorry if I piss everyone off, but I believe that Becky Two Belts shouldn't have closed out WrestleMania 35 at all. That shouldn't have been the main event of the show. It should have been Kofi versus Brian. And to be honest, for a decent crowd, I would have cut a lot of matches from the show. I would have cut a lot of matches. Just cut every pre-show match except the Cruiserweight title, put that on the main show. I would have cut up the women's tag team title match. Um, I would have cut the U.S. championship match and the Intercontinental championship match because all of those matches were pointless. And I 
also would have, well, probably nothing else, but, like, that's how we would have gotten a decent crowd for either match. But, like, I felt like Kofi and Brian could have closed out the show. But anyway, back to Becky Lynch. Um, I mean, to be honest, I, I kind of got behind the man at first, but I feel like it's really, really stale now. I, it, it, started to get, it started to get stale when she was teaming with Seth in mid-2019, and it just hasn't been the same ever since. I mean, I don't like her promos anymore, to be honest with you. I, I just find them, like, predictable. You know what I mean? It's like, I mean, man, I mean, they're just corny as hell. And, you know, sometimes I, could, I just have a hard time even listening to Becky on Raw. And actually, the, the Raw before WrestleMania, she cut one of her best promos in a long time the until she and it came out and attacked her. But, like, I, I mean, since then... I mean, I feel like Becky could really use some time off, like, after this match. I mean, that's how I would have booked it. So, Shanna wins, Brock Lesnar-like faction, and Brock Lesnar-type fa fashion. God, I can't talk today. Um, and then and then Becky Lynch goes away until, let's say, Royal Rumble 2021. Because, to me, that would really revelize her, if I said that right. Um, and... It would just bring more legitimacy to her character, and just like you, you haven't seen this badass in so long, and she's coming back, and like sometimes I mean, time off is the best thing, man. Look yeah, what it did for Bray at the beginning. Yeah, and the same thing can go for Seth Rollins too, but we'll get into that later. But anyway, but um, why is this horrible title rank continuing for Becky? And that, that's the one thing I don't get, because like. The one decent feud she had during this run was Sasha Banks at Hell in a Cell, and and that's it. The rest of the title ring has sucked. That's actually and, where I think she should have dropped the title. Yeah, and it, it was yes. Yeah, I mean, Sasha should have won at Hell in a Cell, and and this ring shouldn't have lasted a year. I don't know why it lasted a year, but it shouldn't have lasted a year. And, and this yeah. is day this is day three hundred sixty three of Becky's title run, which is ridiculous. It's like, man. I would have had Sasha beat her at Hell in a Cell and then had Becky Lynch go to SmackDown as a part of the draft. And then that would have kind of gave her a fresh start. And then Sasha could have been the champion on Raw and then uh, Bailey and Becky could have had a feud on SmackDown. That's what I would have done. And I think that yeah. would have been a lot better. because Anyway, back to yeah. Shayna Baszler. Yeah. How is she going to come back from this? Um, probably decimate Becky Lynch in the next match, I'm assuming. That's what I think their plan is. Oh, they, that, uh, I think I, th I, had, a tweet, I yeah. had a tweet prepared last night in case if Becky were to lose the championship, I would have called out every single fan. Well, not every. Well, every. I said that wrong. Every single stan. Mm -hmm. Every single stan who supported Becky Lynch, because you know you see all these Twitter pages, the people who tweet every three seconds about Becky Lynch being a big influence on their life and how they wish they could marry them. It's like. I would have called out every single person on that and just just tweeted out how much I hate her stupid fan base. And people were people are thinking I'm against Becky Lynch herself, but no, I'm not. I'm against her whole fan base because I've had these like verbal confrontations with like people with like other fans on Twitter sometimes because like I tweeted out a couple months ago about Nigel two belts being greater than Becky two belts and then see some Becky person named. Um, Actually, I'm not. Well, maybe I. No, no, no. I will not say his name. But he he came at me saying like, um, how this is an unpopular opinion and not a popular opinion. And then these other people came and agree with him. Uh, just Becky Lynch pages and saying that's popular. I'm like, man, y'all can just go fuck yourselves. It's like, <laughs> man, like I I just can't stand you guys. It's 
it's really pathetic how you guys are even allowed to have Twitter, first of all. And, like, you just support some person who, in reality, doesn't care about you. And I know this one person who is really obsessed with her. Like, his pinned tweet is Becky's replying to him on his other account, which got suspended. Thank God, but he has a new one. But, no. And she just tweet, she just tweeted out him saying, thank you for all your support. I'm like, that has to be in a sarcastic manner because this this person literally tweets at her every three seconds and all he's tagging her. I mean, her, her mentions are already full as hell. So there's not, a, there's like a 0% chance she's going to see it. And I mean, that's what I hate about it. But back to the match, it was like, well, my personal rating, I would have to give it at least two and a quarter, first yeah. of all. It, and the match was all right in ring wise, all right, but Shannon did not look dominant in this match, and that doesn't fit her character at all. But, like, of course, there was no psychology in this match. Matter of fact, the only match that had psychology was the Boneyard match. And, of course, there's not going to be a crowd in the audience just reacting to the character the way you want it to be. I mean, that's psychology for you, but it's, I mean, this match had a terrible finish, which really ruined the whole thing. It was a weak roll-up, too, so I don't know how the hell that was going to work. And besides, I mean, who the hell even wrote it? Vince McMahon himself or Kevin Dunn? I mean, I, I don't know. I could criticize this match all day. It's like, and man, you know, I could talk about the first half of the show all I want. I mean, you just know how, I, how much I love WWE, all right? But it really sucks right now. It's like... Man, I mean, you just can't bear to, like, watch some of the matches on this show. Yeah, it's just, it, the first half's painful, and I think we're going to get to our last, uh, well, second last painful match, but, um, and, and if you guys want to I gave Becky and Shane a, a two and a half, but I want to talk about Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan, because this is a match that probably should have been the best match of the entire weekend. And, but it ended up disappointing yeah. heavily. <sighs> You know what? I get depressed talking about this match. I just, I. My God, like how you know how is it even possible for Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan to have a bad match? That the example, an example would be last night. You have Sami Zayn running away from Daniel Bryan, and literally that shouldn't even be Sami's character at all. I would just have him as the ultimate underdog, and Daniel Bryan as well, just the experienced veteran, and just like this could have been like you know. If Sami Zayn was booked properly on the main roster, I would have had this match as, like, you know, just two two veterans just having a friendly match at WrestleMania, and it's a classic. That's how I would have had this match. Well, maybe for the Intercontinental title, or maybe not, but it still would have been a friendly match between the two. That's how I would have done it. If, yeah, if this would have been a takeover, this would have got 30 minutes. And, I'll, like, I, I don't know. I mean... Sami Zayn barely took a bump in this match except for getting the absolute tar slapped out of him by Daniel Bryan. And yeah. um which was cool, I guess, but this match just oh man, like I I don't know. Like you expect so much from this match and it just ended up kind of being like a a poof. Like it wasn't really like it didn't have a big payoff or anything and um yeah, so Daniel Bryan did he did a couple dives on the Nakamura and Cesaro and one on the Sami Zayn. He ran back in and he tried to do his uh his diving missile drop kick and didn't even get a they called it a haluva kick, but Sami just got his leg up and like kicked him in the head and pinned him and that was it. And uh yeah, so that's Daniel Bryan and Sami Zayn at WrestleMania and that's something I thought I wouldn't say. And uh yeah, I gave it two and a quarter. It was 
kind of nothing really. I gave it um one and three quarters. Yeah, it, it's there, that bad. there there wasn't really anything in this match, and it uh, you, I don't know. I think the one word I is. I thought the finish was terrible too because it was just one kick. The one word, that's yeah, it. and that's like and that's like almost all Sami Zayn got in on him in that match. So, um, if I could say one word, disappointed. Very. Absolutely disappointing so, this match. Yeah, that kind of, I don't know. This first, as of right now, after this match, I'm going, this show is horrible. Like, absolutely horrible. Um, so, let's get on something a little brighter, though. John Morrison versus Jimmy Uso and Kofi Kingston in a triple threat ladder match for the tag team titles. This was pretty good. Yeah. Minus no, the finish. No, I said before this match started, I'm like, this is the stupidest concept ever. How can you have three guys fighting for the tag team titles when they're, when they're not even in tag teams? Mm-hmm. But uh, that doesn't make the match look like, well, the match was good. The match was good, but it would have been better. It, it could have gotten a higher rating for me if it had Big E and like the other Uso. Well, I think it was Jimmy that competed in this match. Yeah, so but, Jay. Uh, if it just had Jay, um, Big E, and The Miz in this match, then it would have gotten at least, this would have gotten like four and a quarter if all of them were in the match but my personal rating i gave this i give it three and three quarters but um that this this match had i mean i'm not discrediting anything but um this match had i mean it had a real a lot of good spots first of all i i like the where jimmy fell off the ladder at the top and um mm-hmm. but um, i hated the finish first of all i really hated it and like i think that's just that's like a non-creative way to just end the ladder match. You just, you just should have had John at least grab the titles and just end the feud between all three of the teams. I, and, I yeah, man, I know how I would have finished this match. I can tell you exactly yeah, how. It was that easy too, and I can't even come up with just one simple way. Well, well, you want to know what I would have done, and I think John could have pulled this off. I would have had Kofi climb up the ladder to go grab the title. Jimmy Uso's out of the equation. He goes through. He goes through a ladder, because Kofi does a boom drop through a ladder to him. So what happens here is Kofi's climbing up. John Morrison jumps to the top rope, jumps from the top rope to one ladder, and then jumps off the other ladder to meet Kofi. Kicks him off and grabs the title. That's what that I would have done. Right. That's what I would have done because I think John. Yeah, I think John could have pulled that off. And, um, I don't know. I, you know what? I got to give these guys a lot of credit though for putting in a big effort because they had a huge effort in this match. It's hard. It's hard to put on a big match when a ladder match in front of nobody. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's probably weird to them. And they, the, all three of these guys put in a lot of effort. There were some really good spots too. Yeah, you know what I also noticed about these no audience shows is that the wrestlers, when they're cutting a promo, have actually, they're much better, like, they're much better at it because you don't have people chanting many different things at them because, like, it makes them less nervous. So I thought the promos really improved during these um, no-show crowds. I agree. I agree, man. Aren't the backstage promos so much better, though? Yeah, because, like, you don't have fans in front of you that that are judging you. You're not like, boo, or, like, just chant, like, see ya, punk, see ya, punk. (laughs) The promos have really improved. But, like, I got to give everybody on this show credit because you're just trying to put on a match with no audience. And, like, literally. Especially um, a freaking ladder match. 
which like, yeah. which, which, you know, isn't easy to do in general, but you know what? I got to give these guys a lot of credit. I thought Kofi had some really good spots. John Morrison walking the top rope and doing a Spanish fly. I thought was one of the coolest things I've seen in a long My time. My dad walked in during this match just to see Kofi Kingston because he believes he's the worst wrestler of all time. Okay. Yeah. And like, that's irrelevant to this, but just, he just came in <laughs> okay. just to see, I'm like, He's like, hey, what are you watching? I'm like, Kofi Kingston's on. Oh, I gotta see this. Because the first time he's like, because like, he's, I mean, he he's, he doesn't watch it a lot, but since yeah. 2014, like, you know, when Kofi was jobbing to Rusev, that's yeah. when he's like, oh my God, this guy sucks. And I'm like, but he won the, cha- the, the WWE Championship. He's like, man, he won it by default. <laughs> I'm like, what? But um, anyway, um, Next match, we got... Um, oh, oh, yeah, guys, if you're wondering, I gave it four stars. I gave the uh, ladder match four stars. Yeah, I gave it three and three quarters. So pretty much so pretty much same rating. Yeah. Um. Anyway, the next match is... Um, this, um, God, what was the next S- match? Seth um, and KO. Oh, Seth and... Yeah, Seth and Kevin Owens. Um, yeah. This match... I mean, the first match. The first match had... The first match was really good. Yep. Up until that ending. There is no reason to have a disqualification finish at, a, at an event like WrestleMania. I hated it until they switched it. I remember because I actually thought that they were going to end the match like that. And I remember being like... They could have. Yeah. You know what? I was against the second match because they could have made this a no disqualification match or a last man standing match in the first place instead of a normal singles match because I thought it was pointless restarting the match. But when they could have made it, they could have given it the stipulation in the first damn place, maybe the raw before WrestleMania, but like, yeah, I think they, yeah, man, I think they tried to tell the story though of Seth taking the easy way out and Kevin Owens being that, 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 that defiant baby face. That's what I think they were trying to get here. And the best part of the whole match was that die from the WrestleMania sign. Yeah, well, they were trying to, I think, yeah, man, I agree. I think they were trying to tell Kevin the story, Owens though. Kevin yeah. is the fucking guy. Yeah, I tweeted that out. I tweeted that out yesterday. And I, I've been tweeting that for the better part of a year, if not longer. I've been saying whether... Kevin Owens yeah. is the guy they yeah. need at the top. Yeah, well, I, I, I said whether they wanted or not, he's the guy. Yeah. He's their guy, man, and he has been since 2015, and they haven't gave him... I mean, his Universal title reign was great. I know he hated his reign. I liked it, but whatever. Um, I I liked this match. I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was a good, well-wrestled match. I probably wouldn't have done the DQ finish, though. I would have just announced, like, the week well, before, this is going to be a no-DQ match. Yeah, here's my rating, actually. Um, so, if you were to have that one match... No, like we're talking about the last match here. Um, before that no DQ finish. If it had like a clean ending and just like and just no bullshit at all, it would have gotten at least maybe four or four and a quarter. But since we're talking about two matches here, I might have to rate them separately. So the other match I gave three stars, the one with the DQ finish, and this one I gave it I gave it three and a quarter only because of that one spot Kevin Owens did. And besides that, it was all one sided. I fun tell that I counted the match as one actually. Okay, I just, so we're rating this uh, as yeah. one. Yeah. I, this is one. Yeah. Then it probably gets four stars. Yeah. Because that's what I did. I counted it as one and gave it four stars because, you know, I didn't really want to separate it into two matches because, you know, I just didn't, I just thought for WrestleMania, that's kind of cheap to do that. 
So I counted it as one match, gave it four stars, because this was a really well-wrestled match, though. I, I must say that. Like, it was, for WWE standards, it was a pretty well-wrestled match, and they had a really good decisive ending. But I don't know. This match could have... See, I'm I'm generously giving it four stars, because it, it even if it wouldn't have had the DQ finish, it would have got four stars anyway, because it was a good match. But if they could have went a little bit longer and not had the false finish with the DQ. 10 minutes. Actually, give them 20 or 25 minutes and you'd have a classic. Yeah, the, I agree, man. If they wouldn't have done this DQ thing and they would have went another 10 minutes, they, they could have hit the four and a half, four, yeah, around the four and a half region. Because, like, this match was going really well. And I know people were tweeting Seth's 2015 white gear was better than his white gear last night. But you know what? I don't care what anyone says. Seth's best gear is white gear. I, I will say that forever. Cause, yeah. Because I thought his gear was pretty sick last night. It was plain and to the point, but it was cool. So, I'll leave it at that. Um, but I'm happy Kevin Owens got his win. It was the right call in the end. Yeah. So, Kevin Owens. And that dive was freaking awesome. Yeah. So. And yeah. next up, we have um, God, I'm forgetting it. Braun um, and Goldberg was next for oh the title. I mean, yeah. You know what? I even I even skipped dinner for this match because I was downstairs and I had to go upstairs for this. I'm like, man, I have to see the ultimate disaster, like the worst match you'll ever see. And this match was like, it was just spear, spear, power slam, power slam. Spear, power slam, one, two, three. New Universal Champion. You give it to a guy who can't even hang with real professional wrestlers. It's just, it's just this match to me was really hard to rate. I don't like. How do I rate a two minute match? I mean, I don't know. Like, I give it a dud. I was, I was debating between a dud and no rating because it went two minutes. I mean, like. How can you rate a match that's like two minutes? I I I I'm gonna say, mm, I don't know. I've been fighting with dud and no rating. I'm not gonna rate it because it was too short. So it, it's it's it, I'm not gonna rate it. And if I do, it's a dud. Well, okay. So if anyone wants to really know, it's it's a dud. But I'm not gonna rate it really because you know, it's a two minute match. I mean, like and you know, the the, the Braun winning the Universal Title now doesn't mean it's three years too late. As it would have meant like three years ago. You know, No Mercy 2017 would have been the perfect time to put the title on Strowman. He could have had a great reign as champion. But no, he, he all of his credibility gets killed with one F5. Yeah. And Brock Lesnar's horrible reign continues. And here we are three years later. And Strowman is not supposed to be taken seriously here. I mean, in my opinion, he's another Ryback, man. F get these hands is like, feed me more, all right? Because... Ex I, mean, you know, that, I, act I, I actually see men a lot of people hate Ryback I like Ryback and I thought Ryback was a lot more entertaining than Strowman oh, at, at least I thought so I are you talking about like the the the, the same booking as Ryback or are you talking yeah, about the same talent the fact that both of them aren't really good workers as well yeah I mean anyone can make that comparison it's just I, I don't know I found they could have done more with Ryback personally I remember, I remember being like 11 years old and being a huge fan of Ryback. And, you know, I would have booked him like Goldberg when he came to WWE in 2003. Yeah, well, they kind of sabotaged that, but yeah, uh, just have him have, you know, just have him have a tri transitional world title ring and maybe have it last for a month and then drop it. That's it. Yeah, I mean, you know what? If they 
if they ever want to give Ryback another shot, I'm all in for it, to be honest with you. Like, if they want to give him an opportunity again, I wouldn't mind it. So, you know, I mean, you never know. So, this match, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think Goldberg should wrestle again. I think, and this better be the last time I see a championship on Goldberg. I think, I don't know, if he wants to come and back Michael and... Cole better, and Michael Cole better stop kissing his ass so much. A WWE Hall of Famer, Goldberg, that devastating spear that made him undefeated for two years. I'm like, bitch, shut the fuck up, will ya? It's like... Except, except you like Michael Cole, though. I think Michael Cole's very underappreciated, all right? But just his commentary now is so robotic. It's like, I mean, you're, it's forced, all right? Because you have Vince in your ear. It's like the commentary is very, very forced. I mean, Michael Cole, well, let me get into Michael Cole. Um, Michael Cole is not as good as he used to be, all right? But you saw what he did for Jerry Lawler. That made everyone start to appreciate him. But yeah. in my opinion, he is underappreciated. The most but underappreciated, like, in my opinion. Yeah. And, like, the fact is is that he could be he could be really, really good. All it takes is that you remove Vince from his ear. That's it. That's he, how he could be good. He's a very when, good commentator when he's allowed to be. Yeah. When he's allowed to be good, he can be good. Because the only the only way you can make that happen is that you just take Vince away from his headset. And there you go. He can go all out with that. But with Vince McMahon in his ear, it's like, man, it, th- this is terrible. Like, it's robotic. Like I said, it's like you just hear like, um, I mean, like you just hear um, WWE would like to present um, Crown Jewel in... Saudi Arabia, like you know that it's like, man. I yeah. mean, just you can't stand to hear it sometimes. It's like, ah, man. I mean, just Michael Cole. You've seen his work in the UK tournament and the May Young Classic, and he's actually really good. That's when Vince was not in his ear. But you're talking about every episode of SmackDown now. You just hear him like. Just, man, it's, it's just very... You know how the commentary is very forced. Like, I'm being redundant here, actually. It's like... But anyway, it's redundant. Pass it on. Yeah, well, let's speak of uh, this main event. So this is going to count as a WrestleMania main event. So AJ Styles was main evented at WrestleMania. Pass it on. He, this cements him as one of the best in WWE history. Yeah, and Undertaker main events is fifth, which I'm surprised... <laughs> Which I'm surprised that this is only five. I thought he should have made it way more than that, but... Yeah, definitely. He should have made it better about ten of them. Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 22, Chris Benoit at some point, um, and some other guys, but like... He really anyway. should have had a match with Chris Benoit at WrestleMania. Yeah. That, um, yeah, but that's besides the point. So, Undertaker... Um, main event is fifth mania, and AJ Styles main event is first. And congratulations to AJ because it's very well deserved, and it should have happened three more times. So, um, yeah, this boneyard match. Um, well, I hated it for the first five minutes, and then it got really good. This, first of all, it's like this is my personal feeling. Sort, you know, this is a confession. All right, I hated the match, even though it, it, even though it ended well. I'm wording this wrong. I hated the match even after it ended. First of all, I'm like, my God, why did I just witness? And then I go on Twitter and I'm seeing all this praise for like, I mean, just everybody's praising this match like crazy. I'm like, 
did I miss something in this match? Or, like, what was I watching? Because, like, I mean, I thought, I mean, I rewatched the match this morning, actually, and I saw just, like, the effects that they did and how much effort was put into it, and I thought, this is really not that bad. It's like, and, I mean, AJ was selling like crazy to make the Undertaker look good, mm-hmm. and I thought he did a good job at that. He's always been a phenomenal seller, no pun intended, but, like, it was, I mean, I really did miss something in this match. I mean, I, I just thought at first, I'm, I'm like, like, what am I watching here? And, like, am, like man, am I, I'm just too critical of everything. It's like, I just really have to give things a chance. And, like, well, you know, I did stop giving WWE chances long ago because I know it's going to be bad. And I was even shitting on this match before and during and after this match. I mean... I guarantee you if I tweeted out that I hated this match, I guarantee you I would have deactivated my account by now with the overwhelming hate that I would that I would have gotten. Mm-hmm. But it's like, man, I just didn't want to do it. I mean, should I just tweet out that I really did not like the show altogether? Or just like, I mean, just in my opinion, the first half was bad, but the second half was good. Yeah. And I don't know how tonight is going to be, but like, it better be good. But first of all, it's like... I liked this match. I really did. I thought I was going to hate it. And I remember I remember before this match being like, why couldn't they just have a singles match? And granted, I still want them to have a singles match. I do at some point. Before The Undertaker's done, maybe SummerSlam, I think Undertaker and AJ should have that one match in the ring. I do believe that should happen. Well, but- here's my opinion about the Boneyard match. I mean... This could really be a yearly thing, but, like, you don't need to have The Undertaker in every single Boneyard match. It's like... They gotta be well, used properly. If they're not, they yeah, suck. This is, like, this is like Hell in a Cell, because you remember when Hell in a Cell first came, people were like, man, this is gonna be stupid. And, like, that's what we all thought, thought about the Boneyard match at the beginning. But when it's used properly and they don't overuse it, it could really be something special, yeah, like it, we, yeah. what we saw last night. It, it, yeah, this is what the House of Horrors should have been. <laughs> but and that's, and the Firefly... Actually, the Firefly Funhouse match is gonna be basically house of horror so that's probably gonna suck i hope it doesn't i you know what i thought this was gonna suck and it ended up being good so i'm gonna try to not pass judgment but i'll i'll judge after the match with with john and bray but i don't know like this match really surprised me i thought undertaker looked good um like you said aj bumped for him like crazy it reminded me of the ultimate deletion match from 2016 the one with jeff and matt hardy when they fought each other yeah, and you know what? That's a perfect comparison, too. Yeah. But um, I don't know. Like, this match, to me, had a very unique feel. And it was definitely for a different taste of fan. You know, so um, not everyone's going to like it, but a lot of people did like it. And I went on Twitter after 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 Mania, and I couldn't believe how many people loved this match. I was yeah, like, I mean, holy crap. Like, even Brian Alvarez said, like, a billion stars. And I was like, man, like... You guys really love this match. And you know what? It was fun. I, I did I did put a thing on Twitter, and I said, I admit that was a lot of fun. I will say this, first of all. So, the Boneyard match, if it's used properly, and it's not overused, first of all, you use it at every pay-per-view, it's not going to mean as much as... Look at Hell in a Cell right now. It's just diminished, and, like, it's... I mean, it doesn't mean anything right now, but... If he'd had the Boneyard match, 
for proper foods and for foods that really need it, it could be something special. But um, I, I wouldn't say get rid of Hell in a Cell. Keep Hell in a Cell and just just rejuvenate it and just make it feel special again. And that's what this match would be. Hey, what do you it's think, like, April? What do you think of the Red Cell in general, though? The Red Cell? I think it's horrible. It's an eyesore. <laughs> Yeah, and, it yeah, it didn't help with the fiend's red light either. <laughs> no, because you could barely see shit in the ring. That's what I heard from fans in attendance from Sacramento. It was like, yeah, they couldn't see anything. No, they couldn't see anything. The re- and to be honest, if I was if I was at an event live and I saw the fiend wrestle with the red lights, I'm like, God. Even if I'm wearing my glasses, I'm blind. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm happy they got rid of the fiend's red light, but this boneyard match had better lighting than I thought. Yeah, like it, and the music too, and the cinematic effects—it just makes it feel like a movie all together. Right. And like, I thought they did a good job at that. And you know, I was listening to Dave this morning, and I thought Dave was gonna hate this match. I'm like, okay, here we go. But he he liked it. Yeah, and that surprises me. Yeah, like, and Brian loved it. Brian loved this match, and it was, you know what? I gotta give WWE credit, man. They swerved us all with this one, because and, yeah, I think we all thought it was gonna be bad. And yeah, but here's the thing. This is not a five-star match. First of all, for any fan, like, I'm sorry, this is not five stars. It's not a billion stars either. This is one of the matches where it's not necessary to rate anything. It it just isn't because it's not a traditional style match. And it's also, it doesn't take place in a ring. I mean, it's yeah. just your outside, normal, backyard I, brawl type of thing. I but rated like, it like a Royal Rumble match. Like, you know how the Royal Rumble match is, like, rated kind of on its own? And it's not compared yeah. to any other matches. That's how I rated this match. Because I don't think it's fair to compare it to any other matches. Speaking of that, this is off topic, but do you think there will ever be a five-star Royal Rumble match? I think the closest we ever got was 2007. I don't know if it gets much better than that. So, I don't know, man. That's really difficult to say because you got to be consistent throughout the entire thing with nothing being bad or boring. So yeah, that's like um, really hard. I thought this year's Rumble was really good too, but the 2007 Rumble to me is as close to perfect as it gets. Especially 2008 was good too. Was uh, like, yeah, that, that that was really good too. I the only reason why I think 2007 is the greatest is because it was consistent throughout. It never got boring. The final four with rated RKO and uh, Taker and Sean was great, and that final two with Taker and Sean is easily the greatest final two in any Rumble ever. Yeah. So, yeah, I gave that Rumble four and a half stars, but I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if we'll ever get I'm a five-star Rumble. I'm not going to rate the Boneyard match because, like, it's just it's just a thing where it's not necessary to be rated. And no, people, it's not five stars. It's not a billion stars. I don't care how much you like it, but it just doesn't need to be rated. I, and I'm not discrediting I, the match at all either, yeah. but, like, I mean, this is just me. I, I mm-hmm. mean, like, at first, I'm like, did I miss something in this match? Like, why are people yeah. praising this like crazy? It's like, yeah. I mean, I really did miss something in this match. I'm like, I mean, I really felt bored throughout the whole thing, but just like, I, I can't seem to make up my mind here. I might have to watch it one more time. Cause like, I mean, just, I think just my overall thoughts, I'm going to put it with this. I'm going to put it this way. It was that damn good. I I rated it as like I said I rated it as a Royal Rumble match and as an exclusive match and this match was better than it had any right to be I don't consider this match to be a buried alive match I think it's something way different and uh, I gave this four and a quarter 
in terms of like everything bunched up at the end. So if you want a rating, that's the rating. And um, I really did like this match, and it was really entertaining. And I actually thought at a couple points AJ was going to win. So, I mean, they got me. But, I mean, we have about 10-something minutes left. So I have to ask the question. We need to predict what's going to happen for night two tonight. So I guess I guess this counts. So who's going to win between Natalia and Liv Morgan in the kickoff? Nobody fucking cares about that match. I mean, nobody cares for both. It's like... I'm guessing Natty wins. That's just me. Uh, probably, but like, uh, both, both of them are garbage. It's like, when you're on your TV, nobody cares at all, except for the people on Twitter that stand Liv Morgan. It's like... I just hate those fans, too. It's like, just, man, nobody cares about this match, so I'm not even going to predict it. Well, maybe I will. It, uh, just Natalia, whatever. Okay. Rhea, so. a Rhea Ripley and Charlotte for the NXT Women's title. I, oh, man, I'm so, I'm so not wanting them to put Charlotte as the NXT Women's we Champion. But I wouldn't, Rhea, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put it against them, though. We need but. to have Rhea Ripley beat 2003 Triple H 2.0. Yeah, I mean, and guys, I'm a fan of Triple H, but yeah, I I, I get that. And, um, yeah, because you, you remember 2003, Triple H was like all over it, just burying everybody and just like taking up all the screen time. You remember that? Yeah, I get it. I get it, man. And that's, and you know, I don't I don't want to see Charlotte hog the, the spotlight here for something she doesn't need. So I'm, I'm going to say Rhea Ripley ends up winning this match, but man, I wouldn't put it past them to make Charlotte the champ here for NXT. But no. That's what I'm assuming. So, a Rhea Ripley wins. The women's fatal five-way elimination for the SmackDown women's title. Bayley versus Lacey Evans versus Naomi versus Sasha Banks versus Tamina. This really should have just been a singles match between, between Bayley and Sasha Banks. Why the hell is everyone else involved in this match, but you just can't make it a singles match? You could have had the perfect story right there for a WrestleMania-worthy match. Well, here's... Just, yeah. Yo, bro, well, here's what I'm predicting, though. Bayley turns on Sasha Banks, and Bayley keeps the title. And then you have you, you, you have a singles match later on, and Sasha can win. And yeah. If that's the plan, then I would have Bailey retain right here. Yeah. So, so that's what I'm assuming. And then up next, we have the Street Profits against Austin Theory and Angel Garza. I can't Street. see I can't see Theory and Garza even winning. Come on, Street Profits. This yeah. is an easy win for them. But Theory and Garza are something special. But they don't have to be a team. They have no. to be singles competitors. I would I would have had Austin Theory team up with John Morrison instead of Angel Garza. But, yeah, that's just my opinion. But uh, up next, we have Aleister Black and Bobby Lashley. This match was kind of thrown together. Um, Black. Yeah, Aleister and Black's going to win this match. Still with Lashley? I don't know. I hope they strip that, that program after WrestleMania and turn Bobby Lashley into the badass that he is. So, and then we get Lashley and Lesnar, hopefully, maybe for SummerSlam. So, that's what I'm hoping for. But Aleister Black is definitely winning this match. Yeah. Um... Otis against Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> um, this match fucking sucks already. I this storyline has been garbage like so far. I'm predicting I'm predicting Otis wins and he'll get Mandy. That's my yeah, prediction. Yeah, that's the predictable ending everybody says, but like god, I just can't tell you how much I hate the storyline and this makes SmackDown the worst show on TV that it is already. So bro, I just hate it. Bro, who is the secret re- uh, a revealer on SmackDown? Was it Mustafa Ali? I don't know. It's like, well, th- there's a thing called the truth will be heard, but I don't know. I thought it was a killer cross teaser at first, but I could honestly care less now. It's like, I'm just, man, like, 
I would probably even fall asleep during this match, but Ziggler should have faced Jericho in that singles match at WrestleMania 29 instead of instead of Jericho facing Fandango. At least that's how I would have done yeah, it. Ziggler's yeah. getting his first singles match in front of nobody here, and that's honestly a waste. Ziggler could have been the huge star that... He could have been a huge star in 2013, all right, when he was World Heavyweight Champion. I would have booked his reign a little bit differently, but now I can't take him seriously. I would have had Ziggler and Bryan at 31, too. If they were really that bent on Reigns and Lesnar at Mania 31, I would have done Ziggler and Bryan at 31. I think that would have been good, too. Um, Um, And now I just can't take Ziggler seriously as a star anymore. I can't take Otis seriously at all. It's like, I just don't like this guy. I, I just don't. Like, I don't know. I don't understand why people like this storyline, first of all, because, like, it's their favorite women's wrestler, Mandy Rose, and it's just some just random guy just comes in and just, like, and just it gets involved in a storyline with her. This just makes no sense. But anyway, let's move on. It's... John, okay, John Cena and The Fiend in this Firefly Funhouse match. I have no idea how this match is going to go, but since the Boneyard match was good, I'll try to remain optimistic. You know what? I'm, I'm going to put it this way in this match. Um, the Fiend wins. This doesn't do anything for him. And if Cena wins, this does nothing for him either. So it doesn't but matter who wins. Way, either way, it's an empty win for both. And if this was for the Universal Championship, this match would have meant a lot more yeah. instead of... Well, instead of what we got now, yeah, I'm guess uh, I'm guessing the fiend wins because he'll still be around. That's what I'm guessing yeah, because probably. because John's not going to be back. So I'm guessing the fiend probably wins, but really it doesn't. To me, it doesn't really matter who wins this match. So I don't know because especially with the way they've kind of built it of Bray getting like a revenge within himself, I'm guessing Bray wins. So here's what I think should happen though. I think. John Cena should be beating on The Fiend, okay? And The Fiend actually starts to look mortal. But then The Fiend turns into Bray Wyatt, and then Bray Wyatt's sister Abigail's John Cena, and Bray somehow, like, because they can use the, the uh, camera angles properly, Bray... You know what? I think, I think Bray Wyatt can make this work. If he has full creative control on this match, then he could really make it work. Hey, can I tell you what I think they should do, though? Is have John Cena beating on The Fiend, right? Yeah. And then... Have John Cena, I don't know, AA off the top of the funhouse or something. I don't know. Something cheesy like that. And then the lights go out in the funhouse. And then it's WrestleMania 30 Bray. Bray lets his dreads down. And they're brown. And he's wearing the same gear at WrestleMania 30. And he goes back all those six years. Hits John Cena with the sister Abigail and wins. That's what I would do. Personally. That would be fantastic. That's what I would do. Because then that way, it's like, Bray's like, you took away six years from me. I'm going back six years to take this from you. So kind of like that. And that's what I would do. He's in the exact same gear, bro, as WrestleMania 30. And he has his... I mean, his hair wasn't in dreads back then. But then his hair's brown in this one. And he hits him with the sister Abigail. I think that would be perfect. So, yeah. yeah I don't know. And I'm guessing Bray wins. So Also, the Fiend yeah. wins too. But this would mean nothing for either one anyway. But like... I mean, it should still be fun, but just take it for what it is. Yeah, I'm not going to take it seriously. I'm just going to try and have fun with this match. I'm not expecting a great match. I'm just going to try and have fun, though. So, um, Yeah, no pun intended. Yeah. Fun? Yeah, fun, <laughs> fun house, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But anyway, um, the main event of the show, I'm guessing, Drew and Brock? 
Yeah, and Edge and Orton too. I don't know. I'm oh, yeah, gu- yeah, I'm guessing Drew and Brock's going on last, but I don't know. I would have, I don't know. Edge and Randy Orton are gonna battle it out in the last man standing match. I'm fully expecting this to be the best match of tonight. Um, Edge is probably winning this one. I Edge, think. there's no way he loses. I don't want to say Edge is 100 winning because I thought that was Shayna Baszler, but Edge is the the favorite to win. Let's put it that way. So Edge should 100 win this match though. Like, there's no debate. Edge should definitely win this match. So, I'm guessing Edge wins, and I'm guessing Christian helps him. That's what I'm thinking is going to happen. I think Orton's going to try and break Edge's neck again, and then Christian is going to help Edge win. And and we're going to see the return of Christian. And they better induct Christian into the Hall of Fame later this year. Do you know what? You know what? I think they're waiting to put him in, because I have a feeling Christian's going to end up returning. I have that feeling that Christian's well, gonna end Edge up. Edge can return, so can he. I think like, I think him and Edge are gonna do one last tag team match together. I think so too. You know, so that's why I'm thinking they haven't inducted him yet, and I'm I'm predicting that either one Edge is gonna win this match j- just by destroying Randy Orton, or two Christian's gonna help him, and Christian will help Edge beat Randy Orton. So one of the two. So I wouldn't I wouldn't mind Christian though. So, um. And then the main event, Brock Lesnar and Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. Drew has to win this match. Yeah. Drew McIntyre has mm-hmm. to win this match. Yeah, I think this is another match where the outcome, even though predictable, needs to happen. So Drew McIntyre should win this match. And uh, I don't know. This match could be really good, too, if it's done properly. So Brock Lesnar and Drew McIntyre was the match I never knew I wanted. So... I'm hoping Drew McIntyre wins, and... I'm hoping Brock Lesnar is motivated. I'm crossing... You know what? I'm going to cross my fingers right now. I'm crossing... I'm hoping if he's not motivated, then this is going to suck. But if he is, this could be something special. How many Claymores do you think Brock takes? I say five. Maybe six, I think. I think Brock's... Um, I think Drew McIntyre's at least going to kick out of an F5. Yeah, at least one F5, or maybe two, or yeah. I, I don't know. It would be nice if he kicked out a two. If they're going to make this the main event, make it worthwhile. I say Drew should kick out of two F5s, and Drew hits a fifth Claymore to win. Like, Drew can write it right at the beginning of the match. Drew should hit him with, like, two Claymores, like, right at the beginning, and have Brock kick out. And it better not be... It better not be five F5s, because you saw what happened to Roman Reigns. He made it look like the weakest finisher of all time. It Yeah, it just wouldn't work. No, a Roman can take an F five, bro. Roman can take an F five like a gunshot. So, I I I don't know. I mean, Drew should win this match, and it and it should be his moment. So, yeah, yeah. I'm guessing Drew McIntyre wins. So those are the predictions. Um, in terms of star ratings, I think Edge and Orton could probably hit the between four and four and a half star mark if it's at its best potential. Um. I think Cena and Bray is probably not even going to end up getting a rating. Um, I think Brock and Drew can easily hit the four-star range if they do this properly. And uh, Rhea and Charlotte hopefully should be a good match too. At least I'm hoping so. The rest of the card, I don't know. It's just going to be comic relief to me. Or it's going to be just what it needs to be. So... Yeah, that's my predictions for night two, and those are your predictions too. So, I don't know. Best match of the night for tonight? I'm guessing Edge and Randy. We'll probably end up being the best match. Leave it in 2020 for Edge and Randy Orton to have the best feud of the year, eh? Like, I don't know. Um, It's just insane. Cena and The Fiend have the second best story going in, and it's Edge and Orton at the top right now. 
You know what? I got to give WWE credit, though. They did do a good job of building the WrestleMania matches this year, but the event as a whole was a different story. But if, if we can take one good thing... Actually, you know what? If we can take two good things out of this corona stuff with WWE right now and how bad the WWE's been the last while, here's the two good things. One, the promos at the Performance Center are so much better. Especially yeah, the backstage ones. Crowded. Yeah, have them chanting a billion things. Especially those backstage promos, too. They need to start, when they're live, pre-recording promos to do backstage. Because those things are awesome. And they need to keep doing it. And two, the other great thing is that they did a good job of building up feuds. Like you said, Cena and Bray was a really good build-up. Brock and Drew's, to, and to me, been a good build-up. Edge and Orton's been a good build-up. Undertaker and AJ was actually a better build-up than people give it credit for. And I thought Owens and Rollins was a pretty half-decent build-up because Kevin Owens carried gonna, the entire I'm feud. I'm going to admit this. I thought, well, there's, there's still a... Well, probably not. There might still be a chance. But I did consider the first half of the show last night. I'm like... Man, this might be worse than WrestleMania nine, but it got better <laughs> towards the end. But like, yeah, we'll we'll see how tonight goes. Yeah, we'll see, man. And uh, and to conclude, uh, I'd like to wish you guys a happy WrestleMania. Uh, I I really like this night one and night two as well because the shows don't drag. So um, I take I just give me two two three hour just give me two three hour WrestleMania shows over a six hour show. Yeah, yeah, I think they should do this every year. Because if Wrestle Kingdom can do it, so can WWE. But yeah. the thing is, well, the only problem that might matter is ticket sales. Because, like, in my opinion, they should do just, like, tickets to both days. And just not separately. You know no, what I mean? No, just make it both. And plus, yeah, make it both days. And, and, and plus, too, more people get the experience to main event of WrestleMania. And that's, always, yeah, like, and that's always good for the product when you know someone has the experience of main eventing a WrestleMania. You know, I thought about, I thought about making the trip next year. And honestly, I think that I should. It's like, I mean, this, I, I always wanted to go to, re- to a WrestleMania. I mean, I mean, just like assuming, assuming this, well, I'm not going to say it. Um, I, th- this is just on my bucket list for sure. It's like, I mean, the things on my bucket list right now, a WrestleMania, a Wrestle Kingdom of double or nothing and all out, um, of, a stardom show in Japan. Um, there's a lot of shows in Japan I want to attend. Um, there is also, well, maybe a, no, we can't consider that. Um, a freaking, um, I did attend a slam anniversary, believe it or not. Um, I did. And yeah, that's it for now. Well, actually an NXT takeover too, a SummerSlam, a Royal Rumble and Survivor Series is being crossed out this year. So yeah, there you have it. Dude, dude, every WrestleMania from now on needs to go two days because I yeah, think I think this to. format this format is so much better because yeah. because after the Taker and AJ match last night, I remember being like kind of like relieved. I was like that that did not go any longer than it needed to go, and three hours is perfect. So yeah, I I would keep doing two nights, and then that way four at least four people get get the chance to main event WrestleMania, which helps for their star power and it helps for the product. So yeah. a so AJ Styles has officially main evented the WrestleMania, and I'm so happy I could say that. And uh, yeah, so that's it today for uh, Sports Entertainment Spectator. We'd like to thank you for watching. Um, share the podcast. Uh, hey, let us know what you think. We all we all want honest opinions. So if you don't like something, let us know, and we'll try to. We'll try to accommodate your need. So uh, thank you guys for watching.